0: Yo, 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 it's the P.O.S. Show. I'm your host of the Clear Mind Fitness Podcast. Let's go. It's Clear Mind Fitness, baby. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome back to another episode of the Clear Mind Fitness Podcast, episode 102. I said 102. That's uno, zero, dos. I said, Uno zero, Dos. <laughs> welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Clear My Fitness podcast. I am your host, The P I. Show, and I'm glad to be back with you once again. Okay? Once again, I am back with y'all. I am so happy, I am so appreciative. I want to just say shout out to everyone who took the time out to download uh, episode 101 last week uh, called the Chicago Marathon. I appreciate it so much. It was highly downloaded, and and I'm back in South Africa with the listeners too. So I want to give that give South Africa a shout out as well. That means a lot to me. Um, streaming in 60 countries is not an easy task to do, but I am very appreciative of everyone who uh, downloads the show. Shares it, subscribes, uh, leave, leaves a comment on Apple Podcasts, all of those things because it helps me out. It helps the analyticals, analyticals, the analytical team out. It helps us all understand where I'm trying to go. Not trying. See, doing where I'm going, what I'm doing, and how I'm going to get there. Because without you all, there is no show. And without no show, we don't have the light. You know, they say you got to get the rain to get the rainbow. You see what I'm saying? You can't get the rainbow without the rain. So it's like, hey, we got to work together. We're in unison. We're in unison. No, I'm just playing. But we're in unison, man. And I am very appreciative of you all. I love you all so much from the bottom of my heart. But today's episode is called Colon Cancer, Veganism, and Discipline. Colon Cancer, Veganism, and Discipline. And we're going to start it off with those who know and those who don't. I battled with colon cancer... Back in 2017 and uh, one of the things that helped me understand what I was trying to do and what I was trying to and, I, and I, I'm saying trying only because it, I didn't under, I didn't have the mindset that I have right now I didn't have the mindset that that I possess right now I feel like the the foundation was always there. But I had to do some analytical thinking. I had to do some changes. I had to reposition some people and reposition just my ideas that I had because it wasn't getting me anywhere fast. I was going nowhere fast, being 300 pounds, having sleep apnea, having high blood pressure. And lo and behold, I didn't know what this thing was that I had that caused me to bleed. And um, when I get into this situation about me bleeding, I want you to understand this. Men, if you have... Any type of inclination of what I'm saying right now, if you have any type of insight on what I'm getting ready to tell you, go get checked out as soon as possible. Okay, because in 2017, it was discovered that I had seven polyps in my colon and those are those are tumors. And what I didn't know is that the reason I bled for so long is because those polyps were developing at a rapid rate inside of my colon. Now, come to find out, I had seven polyps in my colon. Six were benign, but one had cancer-like traits. And it took them three years to continue to identify what this uh, polyp was. They didn't want to necessarily say that it was cancer, so they tested it. And they were testing it for years. And it finally came to where my doctor, we we all sat down and we, we had conversations about what was going on, what had transpired in my body, or what was transpiring and by me gaining weight being 300 pounds i i was in a a funk and i was into the the society and culture aspect of it where I only wanted to hear good things. And, you know, people, would, I would post a picture and they're like, oh, you look good, you look this and you look that. And they, they just weren't saying the, the the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter was I was big. I had black spots under my eyes. My neck was black. Uh, I was 300 pounds. I, I had sleep apnea, so I wasn't getting any sleep. So I had high blood pressure. My blood pressure used to be 150 over 110 each and every time that it was taken. So when I was going to the doctor and he was – Warning me that, hey, if you don't get your blood pressure down, we're going to have to put you on to pay, uh, medication. And I was like, ah, I don't necessarily want to go through this process. So what can I do to change where I'm at right now? Because I bled for five years. I never told anyone what was going on with my body. And as a young black man, it, it, it hurts to, to, to talk about sensitive topics. So if there's a sensitive subject, you're not necessarily uh, inclined to just start talking about it all willy nilly. Not well, at least in my case. Well, now I know because most black men who look like me, they don't talk about their health issues. They don't talk about their health problems. Even when they go to the doctor, they don't tell the doctor a full depth analysis of what's going on with them and how things go on throughout the course of the day. So I bled for five years, man. And I'm this is going back to 22, 2012 when it kind of first initially started and I would realize that there would be blood, there was blood in my stool and I ignored it because I I just wanted it to go away. I was like, ah, I'm bleeding. You know, it's fine because it would go away. It would go away for two or three months, but then it would come back. And then I, I would feel like I was straining to go to the bathroom. But little did I know that. My colon was being blocked by polyps. So just imagine trying to go up a flight of stairs, but there's a wall in front of each stair with the smallest crevice that you can get through up to go up those stairs. That's how my colon was. So when I would be pushing and straining, all I was doing was tearing up the insides of my stomach and the insides of my colon. Didn't know that, though, because sometimes it would, it would be there. Sometimes it would go away. So the whole thing with this colon cancer thing, when they finally brought it to my attention that this is what you have dealing with, and I had to go through a colonoscopy to get the polyps out. And going through that colonoscopy, uh, wait, before I get the, the, about the colonoscopy, I have to say what got me to that point. What got me to that point was the food that I was eating. The food that I ate contributed to my health problems. Having sleep apnea and almost legit dying every time you would go to sleep is a frightening thing. But food was my coping mechanism because food never judged me. People did. So I always went back to the thing that made me feel best. Always. And that's how society is. That's how the culture is. We we are so susceptible to just only wanting to hear good things all the time when all actuality there may be some things going on that you need to address that you need to hold yourself accountable on. But you don't want to do that because that doesn't fit your narrative. And I was one of those. I have to hold myself accountable. Laying in that hospital bed for six days, no water, no food, no ice. It made me start realizing some things of where I was at in my life and where I wanted to go and the places that I wanted to be. But I wasn't going to get there with the mentality and the structured mindset that I had at that time. It wasn't structured enough, I should say. So when I got the colonoscopy, the doctor removed six of the polyps. When he got down to the last one, it had a nucleus. And it had like a brain of its own. So when he when he cut it out, it exploded inside my colon. And when it did that, he had to burn it because I was getting ready to have a ruptured colon, which would would entail would have a colostomy bag involved with it. Right. So when he got the the polyp out, he ended up burning your, your colon is like a three layer cake and they had to burn it off so bad that they burned off the first layer of my colon in order to get this polyp out of my system because it was getting ready to rupture my colon. So I wake up, I'm thinking everything is fine. This is October 31st of 2017. And the next day I wake up and I immediately, as soon as my feet touch the floor, I instantly fall to the ground. And I can remember this like it was yesterday because Farah was only two years old at the time and she's eight now. So she was two years old at the time getting ready to be three and she was talking, but she wasn't talking enough to where, you know, she could help me out because when I fell on the floor, I was there for 45 minutes and I couldn't move. What had happened to me was the night before I had some almonds because I couldn't really eat anything heavy after the colonoscopy. So I had almonds, but not knowing that those almonds, if anyone's familiar with diphticklyitis, that's something where when you eat, you know, small particles or some, they, they, they go through your colon like little razors and it hurts so bad. So it, like people who have diverticulitis, if you eat corn or popcorn or almonds or peanuts, you know what I'm talking about. So, but my body was acting out in a way where it was trying to save me, but it also paralyzed all of my central functions for 45 minutes. So for 45 minutes, I laid on the floor in agonizing pain, crying because I couldn't say or do anything for 45 minutes. And it wasn't until then I had to call my fiance at the time because I said, I need to be rushed to a hospital. She comes home. She rushes me to the hospital. We get there. And they're automatically telling me that you have to go in for surgery right now. Right then and there, my life was getting ready to change because they were like, you have to have a colostomy bag installed in you in the next 15 to 20 minutes or you are bound to have multiple problems that may cause you to not be here anymore. And I'm like, yo, do what you got to do to make sure that I'm fine and I'm okay. But having that having that being said, having said that, <laughs> it opened my eyes up because here it was, my body and my life was getting ready to change for the forever, in my opinion, because the doctor is telling me at first that, you know, we're going to install the colostomy bag and it it may end up being in there for a year or two. And it may also, by the way, cause erectile dysfunction. And I was like, whoa, wait, wait a minute. You're not about to just run past that. Like, you ain't just saying what I think you just said. And when he said that, I'm just bawling out. I'm crying because I'm like, the year before, I had a surgery in 2016 where they had to remove an inguinal hernia in my groin. And it's so funny that... The past two or three days, I haven't gotten any sleep. So if you see me and my eyes are back because this this mesh that I have inside in my in my groin, they made a four inch incision in my groin because um, I had a I had a a tumor. I must say not a, not a tumor. I had a, a greenio, inguinal hernia in my groin, and it had and it had a mass to the size of a tennis ball. So they had to get that out. So even before the colonoscopy, I had that situation where they had to remove that, but they couldn't get. The, the hernia out without slitting my testicles open like a butterfly. So when they did that, I woke up like, wait a minute, you know, something's going on and I have these issues right now because I can't sleep because of this pain because the, the mesh that I have, once it folds over, it has this moment where it folds over and I can do nothing about the pain. And I went and asked the doctors this about three months ago about removing my mesh because it's painful. I get highly irritable for about a, about a week. And I, I don't want to be bothered. I don't, I don't get any sleep. So I'm up. I've been up for the last 24 hours. And outside of the three-hour nap that I ended up getting, I've been up for 24 hours. And that's present day. So I still deal with that along with the permanent nerve damage in my leg from being shot in 2008. So when it rains and it has all these type of different weather effects, it, it messes with my nerves and my body because I'm, my body is still... Uh, a reflection of where I was shot at because it, it constantly reminds me every day. So, not only do I have the gunshot wound, two holes in my leg from the gunshot wound, I have an inguinal hernia that they removed out of my groin. So, I had a little mini C section done in and it. And, and if you had any type of incision, you know that once it gets it's itchy, it hurts, it curls over like you are, that's just a, a pain that you can't necessarily describe, but just know that it hurts very, very badly. Okay. So, not only that, They were getting ready to install this colostomy bag in my stomach, and I just prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and my doctor called in. They are rubbing me down with the red and orange stuff, prepping me for surgery, and the doctor calls in and says, you know what? We think Patrick is healthy enough to where his body can heal itself, and let's see about where how big the hole in his colon is, if it closes, because if it closes, then we know that his body is healthy enough and he can push through this and he won't necessarily need a colostomy bag. So that's what they did. They took me out of prep. They put me into a room. I sat in that room for six days, y'all. Six days, I sat in that room with no food, no water, no ice. Just two IVs in my arm for six days. And on the seventh day, This is November 1st, 2017. I vowed then that I would never go back to what put me in the hospital bed in the first place. So when I asked God to remove the things that were not like him, that was him making room for the new realm that I was getting ready to be prepared to go into. Because I knew the ways of old would keep me in the ways of old. The best way to describe the future behavior is the behavior of the past. Okay, so I knew that I needed to change something about myself in order to get to where I wanted to go. Because where I'm at now, I would not have been there if I kept that same ideology from Patrick. (laughs) I know people don't say Patrick, but Patrick helped me. I talk about Patrick a lot, but Patrick, (laughs) Patrick, Patrick is going to be the reason why I go to even more places that I've never been before. He has helped me. I beat colon cancer. I bled for five years and I I don't if anybody that. If you look like me or you're just willing to listen Listen to this message man because I am a living testimony. I've been Shot. I've beat colon cancer. I've beat Sleep apnea. I've beat high blood pressure Like i beat all of these things. I am a Walking billboard at the end of the day And the one thing that I want people to understand Is that you have to believe in yourself and Love yourself first before anyone Else can bring that light to you. I told you You need the rain before you get the rainbow It won't happen without One or the other. So when You know these things you have to Idealize what you want Out of yourself The ones around you Because if the ones around you Aren't giving you what you need It is not necessarily About everything that you want to hear But you need to reposition those people Because you need to treat your life Like a sports team You know that And I always say that Because I love sports And I do that You have to treat your, your life Like a sports team Manage it like a sports team If you want to go from basketball You have to have the five best people When you start them These are the starters They are the starters for a reason Because they hold value so if you don't have a good starting five around you, they're not uh, providing the value you need to take on the opposite team, right? So, and if those people don't work for you, you need to reposition those people, trade those people, cut those people, get rid of those people, assign new people to your life or people just in general because opinions migrate over time. So it might've been somebody who you repositioned years ago that they, now is their season. Now it's no, no point intended, but it is the season for them to be with you. This is year six. I'm just giving you an example of how many years. If you're in year five and you year four and year three and you see you're not getting it right, well, sometimes it takes year six, year seven, year eight. Everyone has different things and different milestones and different uh, achievements that they want to achieve, and people only get upset at the things they never finish. So when I told, when I told, when I asked God to remove the things that were not like him within myself, he removed some people. He changed the way that I cared about my body. So when he did those things for me, the mountains started to move. And now the peaks and the valleys that I once sought after and looked at, they looked a little bit different to me now because now my life has changed, but it always, it has changed for the better, you know? So it's like, and that's where veganism comes in. I said then five years ago, I said, I'm never eating meat again. That was November 1st, 2017. And I decided I was like, I'm just not doing it. So I have not looked back since that day, five years ago. And I'm, I'm happy about it because veganism changed my life. And I know a lot of times people don't want to hear about veganism. They don't want to hear about eating healthier. But you are what you eat. And I don't speak about it like at the extent that I used to. But I feel as if I need to get back to it. But it's all about what you say and how you say it. Because you can convey a message and you can be right. But I told you last week, I don't want to be right. I want to be relatable. So if you can relate to health problems and having things of that nature Then you should be able to open up your eyes And really listen with your ears Because if what I'm saying to you is These are facts, these are the things that I've had to go through In order for other people not to go through That's the way I look at it I've gone through these things so you don't have to and, I'm, and that's where the discipline part comes in, because I had to be disciplined enough not to go back to where I was at, not to go back to 300 pounds, not to go back to high blood pressure, not to go back to sleep apnea. Those things were ruining my life. I could do nothing with it. Remember, I always say, when you sow what you don't need, you reap what you can't use. I was sowing high blood pressure, I was sowing sleep apnea. And what I was reaping, problems. I could do nothing with it. It was a liability was, they, they are not assets. So if you have more liabilities, li- liabilities than assets, you need to reevaluate your life. You need to reevaluate your circle. You need to reevaluate everything that you've once known before. I just said the best way to predict future behavior is the look of the past. If you know that you haven't changed the present, the past is going to continue to repeat itself. Come on. Let's go. Like, I knew that being 300 pounds, I couldn't say anything about eating right and eating healthy because I was 300 pounds overweight and people would, you only... Can convey a message when it's worth listening to And people weren't going to listen to me When I looked a certain way And now they do listen to me because I look a certain way Because I've shown and proved That this is possible I've shown and proved that a black man can do this I've shown and proved that veganism has changed my life Now it may not be for everybody That's understandable But if something works And you know that it works And that's why I say a lot of times Even when it comes to this podcast People were clowning me when I first started this podcast And when I did it by myself, they were like, oh, man, like, don't nobody want to listen to no podcast. No, you have to believe in yourself. Be disciplined enough to be consistently consistent because you never know where life can take you if you really believe in yourself. So I'm disciplined enough to get up and go run, go run a half marathon. Like when I say I legit December 9th, I got up and just decided to run a half marathon because I felt like it. I was at work. Listen to this. I was at work. I was in, in like two meetings that morning where I was just like, ah. I'm not feeling this, man. I need, to, I need to go work out. I need to go do something that's worthwhile. I got up, left the meeting, went and ran a half marathon, came, went, came home, showered, and came back to work because I felt like I was like, this is what I needed to do. I needed to clear my mind. And that's where Clear Mind, clear mind Fitness was born in the hospital. October 31st, 2017, that's when I came up with Clear Mind. I, asked God, I said, hey, I, I need something. Give me something. It was Clear Mind Fitness. That's what it is. It's about the mind, body, spirit, soul, all of that. So um, when you look at my logo, that's what I'm about, okay? So I'm disciplined enough to where I'm, I'm helping people understand the, the power that they possess within themselves, the discipline aspect. I come from a militant household. Even though my father wasn't in the military, his father was. So he he just had that ingrained in him where a lot of things, my foundation is strong. So therefore, I can build more rooms in my House because my foundation is strong So when I go to another room I cleanse those rooms of all of the past Transgressions and the traumas that I've had You have to understand that those Traumas, you need to talk to those traumas Talk to your, uh, to, to your former self That's what meditation has gotten me with Discipline, I'm disciplined enough to Meditate and I pray And I pray for these things to, to Change my life and I don't want To change anyone's mind but I want to Give you an idea, as long as I can Give you an idea then you can change within yourself. That's what the discipline part of it is. I'm disciplined enough to where I don't have cravings about going back to the way that I used to be. That, that's, not, that's not it. You know, people even ask, man, you don't never have cravings on eating hamburgers and ribs. No. When you sow what you don't need, you'll reap what you can't use. I could not use it, okay? Like the things that they do with food nowadays is just, it's, it's beyond me. And that's why I feel like I am a very vital part uh vital person that to to bring this to the forefront a lot of these things like and I know those things taste good I know those foods taste amazing I was forced to change my life now I didn't have I could have just went back to you know and like oh, I'm gonna go back to eating this and doing that but it would it would done me no good no good whatsoever so I had to realize that I didn't want to let colon cancer beat me. So I wanted to beat it. I didn't want high blood pressure to beat me, so I beat it. Now, my blood pressure now is 110 over 65. One, you know, 115. It was one, no, 115 over 69. It was 110 over 69 once, but it was 115 over 60. Like, to have those type of numbers, and the doctors even told me that they're trying to formulate medicines to get what my cholesterol is. You're like, Patrick, you've been disciplined enough to to eradicate all of your health problems and then even have better, better body organs than you did initially. They said I have the body organs in the body frame of a 21 year old on no meds when, you know, they go by your chronological order, or your fit age. And back then, even when I was 30, I had the body of a 65 year old body organs of a 65 year old on no medication. So when I helped myself, I started to help others. So. And one thing I have to tell you again, they're going to laugh before they applaud. Always remember that. They will laugh at you before they applaud what you're doing. Like I have people who know what I'm doing. They see what I'm doing, but they won't acknowledge it. But I've let those transgressions go. Every trial isn't necessarily a tribulation, so I've let those things go. Because the same things that I've been saying for years, I've been saying it for free is now i 'm starting to get i 'm starting to monetize off what i 've already been saying, so don 't feel as if you 're not good enough to do what you love to do. Just be consistently consistent in what you do, and other people will follow what you've said and what you 've done. You just have to give it time Rome wasn 't built in a day, you know we are so caught up on that instantaneous instantaneous celebrations we that that dopamine effect once you get it it's just like a drug and you become a user of it but you have to use yourself in order to bless others my mom always say nothing can come to a close hand and nothing can leave it so I realized that and I internalized that for the betterment of my people not only just myself but my people is about us it's all about the team together everyone achieves more it's always about the teamwork we all can win I always say that because that's that's just the truth, and that's how I feel on the inside. So, guys, go get your colons, your prostates. Go get them checked out because you don't have to suffer in silence. I suffered for five years and didn't say anything. I didn't, I didn't even talk to my dad about these things. And when I went to go speak, I got to say shout-out to my boy Marcus and my boy Muffy because when they had me come speak to 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 those men who have colon cancer It opened my eyes up because there are many people who look like me and don't look like me, but these are people who are willing to listen. And it was said that in minorities aren't checked. They aren't screened for these things, even when there is a problem and there is an issue. There there was a lady that she's highly reputable, but she let me know that funding isn't given to minority Areas because no one speaks about it. And I just said, I didn't speak about it. I didn't say anything about it. So just imagine me not saying anything and hundreds and thousands of other men not saying anything about these issues that they have. So if you don't know, they won't give you anything. So the funding isn't there for men to get screened because one of the repeating stories that I kept hearing from men, the, the black men that, that were there, is that the doctors kept telling them no. No, we're not screening you for this. No, wait till you're 45. Well, I was 30 years old at the time and I was bleeding for five years. So that means that I've had these polyps growing in me for five years. okay? and they wouldn't screen me for colon cancer. They wouldn't they wouldn't screen my colon at all because they found doctors thought that it wasn't necessary to screen you at such an early age. Studies are showing that they won't even uh, test women at 25 because they say, we, you know, we get mammograms and they won't do those type of things. Certain doctors won't. So you need to go to doctors who not only understand you, but they can internalize where you come from. And they may have to look like you for in order for you to get the proper treatment. I'm just being real because until I changed my doctor and my doctor looked like me, I wasn't getting this type of information. They wouldn't have screened me that I probably would have had that colostomy bag because that doctor wouldn't have called in and said, this is what we can do. If you give this guy a chance, your body and and God have given you many chances, many signs. How many times are we going to continue to ignore it? I got tired of ignoring it because I was bleeding so bad that it got so bad. I was, I can no longer go this route that I'm going because I may end up dead. So once I realized that I took that and I went. And I just took the torch, and I've never looked back. 127 pounds later, 127 bad habits, gone. Sleep apnea, gone. Colon cancer, gone. High blood pressure, gone. All of these things were gone when I changed my lifestyle. When I changed my life, my life changed for the better. Everything started getting better. I have a number three rated uh, podcast in the world. I'm the number three rated dead podcast in the world. Like, what? What? (laughs) Streaming in 60 countries Like I don't say it Just like, like I say it a lot of times Without just Understanding like Man that's a That's a huge feat You know I write podcast episodes While I'm running I'm running a 5k Or I'm I'm running 10 miles Or I'm doing this I'm doing And I write material Then I write material Every single day In my mind and I'm just glad to, to have this platform. I'm, I'm glad to have you all who, who continue to listen, who continue to share, to subscribe. I don't get into the number aspect of it because it's more about the quality of the people who listen to me than the quantity. Obviously, I'm doing something right. And obviously, you're doing something right, too, because you have something that you do. People just don't know that you do it yet. Don't let society and the culture persuade you into not doing something that you love to do. Do do what you love to do and enjoy it while you're doing it. That's what life is about. On that note, man, I love you all. I've spoken longer than I normally have, but it's a touching subject to me. And I just want the people who want change to change themselves. And I'm giving you the ideas for you to do that. That's all I'm doing. I'm just a vessel at the end of the day. And I appreciate you all. I appreciate every listener, every subscriber, every sharer. (laughs) I appreciate you all You all mean a lot to me Okay And This is This is just an amazing thing So go get Go get checked ladies Get your mammograms Fellas get your prostates checked Because you have to get These things done In order to live the life That you see destined for yourself Okay And on that note Know that I love you And there's nothing That you can do about it And you already know It's Clear Mind Fitness Baby Let's go